What's going on on a Monday? Bit dreary, but the vibes are great. Don't worry about the weather. The vibes will pull you through. It's all good here on the People's Show. <laughs> Coming to you live from the Kintech studio. Kintech Footwear and Orthotics, Canada's favorite orthotic provider, supported by over 2,500 five-star Google reviews. Find your perfect fit at Kintech.net. I'm Bic, behind the glasses, Dom, Victor, uh, right before the show starts. I'm wearing a turtleneck today, and I walked into the studio, and on the, the, the screens in front of us are the cameras, and I looked, and I was like, I kind of I feel like I, I look like a cat today. And, uh, I, I don't know uh, cat breeds, and I'm like, Calico? Siamese? And uh, Victor very cleverly said, hairless? Uh... But uh, yeah, I, I kind of look like the. Uh, if you Googled Disney Siamese cats, I, I feel like that's kind of what I, I look like today. Wow. And uh, here it go. <laughs> the drop. This is a one day only drop. This is the first time I've worn this, and it's the only time I'm going to wear it. I'm getting roasted here. I feel like there's a hard rule against wearing turtlenecks in the studio. With the jacket, it looks fine. And then as soon as I walked in, I was like, oh, I can see myself on the camera. Wow. <laughs> All right, show starts right meow. Uh, actually, we'll, we'll, we'll toss this one up to you first because uh, I know you were all about this uh, for weeks here, Dom. Because uh, we just got a text, so we because we read the people's text six fifty six fifty. I'll let Dom kind of go off here for for a moment. Talk about Lance Stroll and uh, an amazing performance uh, the past Grand Prix. Yeah, absolutely amazing from Aston Martin. So what they finally did was they scrapped all of the improvements that they tried to make on the car. They went back to the original build that was actually working for them at the beginning of the year. And it just so happened that those builds from the beginning of the year produced a fast car. And it showed this weekend. Uh, Alonso fought it out, got to the podium, finished third. Lance Stroll, the Canadian, finishing fifth down in Brazil. All right. Well, there's our F1 shout out. Uh, Nice one. Nice one. Because I I saw you tweeting about that. And I was like, all right, Dom's the guy to talk about this. Here we go. Uh, All right. Corey from Nanaimo, my dog is losing its mind at all the uh, uh, meowing. Oh, good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, all right. Want to get to a bunch of stuff. We're a busy show. Uh, don't worry. We got Seahawks thoughts coming up. I had a lot of friends uh, message me like, hey, you going to talk with the Seahawks? Lead off the Monday show. We're not leading off with the Seahawks. Uh, 37-3, uh, that loss. Brutal. Uh, Steve Rabel will join us. But I will touch on the Seahawks in just a minute. Look, we're pro accountability on this show. I've, I've trumpeted them up. I put them as high as sixth in the power rankings, and then they get smacked around. So, yeah, they're going to drop tomorrow in the power rankings. There's fair things to comment about, uh, which we'll do uh, that coming up in just a bit in Buzzer Bell. But, yeah, we're pro accountability on the show. That's why we do Buzzer Bell. Uh, don't worry. The Seahawks are coming up. Uh, 650, 650. Uh, Silver and Black Canuck. Bick, have you ever hated a boss so much that you celebrate their departure with a cigar party? Uh, Raiders partying yesterday after McDaniels was uh, let go. That was pretty good stuff. But we'll get into all that in just a bit. I do want to start with uh, your Vancouver Canucks game day today versus the Oilers. If you got thoughts, you hyped, what are you looking for tonight? Line up, stays consistent. Uh, we'll see it all tonight, but chime in with your thoughts as well. 650-650 into the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox. Dunbar Lumber, three stores to serve you in Ladner on Bridge Street, Dunbar Lumber Express at Ladner Center, or Arbutus in Vancouver online at DunbarLumber.com. Early in the season, okay, they, they've they've had success to begin the year. 
you've heard me talk about wanting to be urgent at the beginning part of this year. And I think tonight, we're waiting for the confirmation of, okay, is this real? And I, I still want more games. I still want to get to American Thanksgiving. That's my process. Not going to you know change it just because they were 8-2 and 1 to begin the year. I like what I see it through these 11 games. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, it's it's bad hockey. I really like what I see. But I, I just want to wait till game 25, game 27, in and around there. But what we're going to see tonight, I feel like, is you're probably going to get a, an exceptionally desperate Edmonton Oilers team. And tonight might be a game where you can accelerate your idea on what this team is because if the Canucks come out with the very professional performance and an urgent performance that's what I'm looking for tonight can your your urgency match their desperation and if they do that I think we can shave a couple of games off because you want to see strength v strength and then compare okay this is what it kind of looks like this is what's real and if you get that tonight, coming off that Dallas performance where they just whooped San Jose, like Saturday was such an encouraging game because they shut a team down that was in a difficult spot where playing three and four, and they did the job. If they match Edmonton's desperation tonight and then get the W, this is what's at stake for me tonight. And this is already encouraging considering that they've got eight wins in their opening 11 games. I want to take you down through the previous, since the lockout. Actually, since the lockout in the last 10 seasons, so since 2005-2006, there have been 70 teams that have won 8 of their first 11 games. 64 of them go to the playoffs. Since 2013-14, 44 teams have won their 8 of their first 11 games. 41 of those go to the playoffs. Now, I've already sat here and said, I think this team can go to the playoffs this year. I thought it would be by way of the wild card. But suddenly, when you win 8 of your first 11 and you start hot, and some of the teams that missed, they don't have a Thatcher Demko. They don't have an Elias Pedersen. They don't have a Quinn Hughes leading the charge. There's been some hot starts that don't finish. This team, having this start, with the historical context of what I just told you, teams like this go to the playoffs. And more specifically, we're now talking about Pacific Division two seed scenarios developing here. And on to tonight as well. I'll use the same two time frames. Since 2005, you win your nine of your first 12. 45 of the 50 teams go to the playoffs. You win nine of your first 12 in the last 10 season. 27 of the 30 teams go to the playoffs. So as much as we sit here and say long season, absolutely true. You play with urgency tonight and you close the door on Edmonton. Because that's what teams did to Vancouver last year. They made it difficult. They closed the door early. You have a chance to go up 14, and you've already played them three times. There's no four-point games coming up with you. One really late in the season. But suddenly, making up 14 points without being able to get those four-point games against you, you close the door on the Edmonton Oilers catching you. Maybe they get the third seed. Maybe they make the wild card. But they are not going to surpass you. Tonight, you got to match that level of urgency and bring it and finish this one. Absolutely finish the Edmonton Oilers off. 650, 650. Uh, this one, what I'm hearing is Canucks are going to be the next teams that uh, craps their pants. Uh, no, no, not quite, not quite. Again, if, if you go through it, it it's, it's like the, the mid-2000s 
Montreal, or sorry, mid 2015s Montreal Canadiens, which is like, hey, you got Carey Price, you got PK Subban. It's like led by Alex Galchenyuk and Thomas Placanic. Which oddly enough, I'm wearing a turtleneck today, so in in, in support of Placanic. But it's 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 that group of teams. It's it's a Buffalo Sabres team here in recent memory, 2019. That's okay. They have Jack Eichel and Sam Reinhart, but then it falls off pretty quickly. And, and a young Jack Eichel too. It it just it falls off really fast for for some of these teams right now with the high end and and the Dallas team that missed was led by Louis Erickson and Mike Ribeiro. So you can see how these teams fall off at some point. You've got a Hart Trophy guy, you got a Norris level guy, and you got a Vesna guy. You should make it. You absolutely should make it with the start that the Canucks have had. Uh, but six fifty, six fifty. This one, ten uh, percent chance they don't make it. Yeah, sure. If you want to live in the ten percent world, of course there's a chance they don't make it. But historically, uh, teams like this absolutely go through to the playoffs. Six fifty, six fifty. Jokes per sixty. Save the jokes per sixty for the uh, post game show. But we'll take them now too. Uh, do we have a, a star player now, Rutherford? Hashtag jokes per sixty per 60 from the Canucks score. Uh, that one's uh, coming in from Tyler. Uh, who on the Canucks has won a Hart Trophy? I, I said we got a player that's in the conversation for the Hart Trophy with Elias Pettersson. Go check out uh, ESPN's article today. Uh, they're, they're talking about the early season awards. Kind of a sweep for your, your Vancouver Canucks. Demko in the conversation, Pedersen in the conversation, uh, Quinn Hughes in the conversation, Miller in the conversation, potentially for Selkie. Uh, a lot uh, going well so far through the handful of games. All right. As I mentioned, we're pro-accountability on this show. We do it on Mondays. I, I like to sit here and say, hey, some takes we're good on. Some takes we're bad on. We love to review uh, our takes on Buzzer and Bell. We kick things off with the buzzer. Seahawks offensive line. Oh, brother. Oh, brother. That's a big problem right now. More than anything. Like, I've sat here and I've, I've, I've talked about Geno Smith. I think there's still a player in there. I know a lot of people saying, hey, it's, it's time to make an adjustment. Six picks in the last four weeks. Nine touchdowns on the year. Seven interceptions. It's not a good rate. Last year, 30 touchdowns, 11 picks. I get it. He also got pressured on 53% of dropbacks last year. Or sorry, last night. It's it's a different difficult world that Gino's living in right now. Too quick to do anything like pull the plug on it, just sign him to a three year deal. But the Seahawks offensive line, this was a group that was meant to take a step. Now there's been some injuries, offensive tackles were out, but it it to me is the biggest worry. And when we've done these power ranks, I've sat here and I said, well, one of the reasons I like them more than the Bills is they feel like they have a bit more consistency to them. If the offensive line is going to be there, that bottom drops out real fast for the Seahawks, and suddenly they might not even look like a top 10 team. This, to me, is the biggest thing that they got to get corrected, that offensive line, whether it's by scheme, by health, whatever it happens. While there's a lot of structurally sound things that I think the offense can do with the skills position players, and I think Geno can be a really good player, really good player, you do need the offensive line. All that crumbles when guys are running free right down the middle. You won't always play Baltimore, but it's not going to be easy next week against Washington. I know they just traded two edge guys, but they still got the two strong defensive tackles. 
in hand in Allen, it's not going to be easy uh, this coming week against the Washington Commanders. So uh, in the state of Washington, Seattle absolutely has to get that going right. Speaking of going right, the contenders in the NFL. We talked about the Ravens, Chiefs, Eagles. 49ers are on bye week, but the Bengals were a team that was supposed to take this jump this year and get back in track. All four teams walking away with W's this past weekend. That, to me, is the class of the NFL. If you want your heavyweight division, your heavyweight contenders group, that's it. We'll break it down tomorrow in what order for the power ranks, but that's the the, the, the power five right now. Everybody else is on the fringe, kind of knocking on the door, trying to get into the conversation, and I don't know if many will, but Ravens go up against the Seahawks. For me, two top 10 teams coming into the week, Ravens win. Chiefs go up against the top 10 team in the Dolphins, Chiefs win. Eagles go up against a fringe top 10 team in the Cowboys, Eagles win. Bengals go up against the Bills, Bengals win. We have a clear line of demarcation between the true contenders and the rest of the NFL, or at least the fringe contenders. It was a nice palate cleansing week, and you got those four big games, and you got the four true results, and now we know what the real contenders uh, look like this weekend. CJ Stroud. I did say, and I, I didn't understand the love for Bryce Young over Stroud or Richardson. I just didn't think he'd be this good this quickly. That was phenomenal last night from CJ Stroud. 400 plus yards, all the touchdowns, five, count them five. That looks like a very poised, calm, and confident young QB. Houston's got a fantastic one. They can really start to build their program there. Once you get the QB right, they got a good edge rusher as well. But getting C.J. Stroud right is absolutely massive for that team. Suddenly, uh, in the NFC South, or so the AFC South, they become a little bit frisky. Even here in year number one, they're two wins away, obviously, from Jacksonville. But there they are, sniffing on the outside of the playoffs, right behind Buffalo, right behind Dom's New York Jets, who go tonight. We're on big six for, for the New York Jets as well. For tonight, trying to have a big week there. But C.J. Stroud, better than I thought even imaginable. Browns defense took him in big six. By the way, good week, 4-1 so far. We'll see what happens tonight. But Browns defense thought there would be a, a, a get-right game for them. Shut out the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, so good start for the Browns defense. Again, look, gets back on track. They had a couple of big, big numbers put up against them. But this Browns defense uh, is the best, I think, in the NFL. And it's going to be a challenge uh, this week as they get ready for Baltimore. That, to me, is the marquee one. They got Baltimore, they got Pittsburgh, they got Denver and the Rams. They can really, really rattle this off and push themselves into the AFC picture. They're in right now, all four AFC North teams right now in the playoff picture. But it's going to get really crowded uh, in the AFC. If the Jets win tonight, Bill's trying to make their big, big comeback as well. But the Browns right now, best defense in the NFL. Preseason, I picked the Saints to try to win that NFC South. Now, they won yesterday, and most of it was I, – I, I like them because of strength of schedule, but it is like pulling teeth watching that team struggle through the Chicago Bears. If I could go back and change one thing, maybe they still pull off nine wins, ten wins, and win that NFC, NFC South because it's quite the disaster right now, but that is not a very good team right now in New Orleans. Everything looks like such a struggle. Uh, maybe they get back on track here 
uh, pretty soon moving forward because they got uh, a bye week uh, next week after Minnesota. But the Saints look like uh, like a trip to the dentist's office right now. Raiders, as we mentioned it there with Silver and Black Canuck, hey, it's it's dead cat bounce. Coach goes out, guy who doesn't motivate it. You saw, hopefully, you saw that report from Jay Glazer talking about a big team meeting. Antonio Pierce takes control of the meeting and rips into the old Patriots. And Josh McDaniels not a big fan of it. Story ends there for Josh McDaniels, not a motivator, not someone that connects with his players. That ends quickly, and you saw what the Raiders did to the Giants. But nevertheless, uh, Raiders have their way in a big win where they get back on track. Is it enough to salvage their season? Is it enough to uh, make Devontae Adams happy? Four and five right now. A lot of teams to leapfrog, but at least the Raiders uh, get a big win uh, and uh, look like a more functional team. And Mark Davis with the haircut. No more bowl cut for him. He's all about Super Bowl. That's the only bowl he's focused on uh, right now. We sat here. Actually, I sat here. I thought, the Minnesota Vikings, what are they doing? Kirk Cousins goes down. Jefferson goes down. Darasaw's down. It might be time to just pack up shop, make some trades. Should they have traded Kirk beforehand, even before uh, his injury? Could they have just said sign off in the season? But one win flips everything in the NFL. You go get that big win against the 49ers, and suddenly the Minnesota Vikings are in a very competitive spot, control their destiny because they got two games against the Lions still to go. Yes, they're behind in the division, but you get two games against the division leaders. Hey, big shout-out to the Minnesota Vikings for taking on the always-compete philosophy and going after it. They are a game back of Detroit, 5-4, and four, and have stabilized their entire season. Josh Dobbs comes in, doesn't know any anybody's name, doesn't even know the plays, and gets a win over the Falcons. Unbelievable. One of the more impressive performances uh, you're going to see in the NFL. Now it's four wins in a row, five of their last six for the Vikings. They're back, and they got the Saints uh, this upcoming week. For years, I've sat upstairs at, at Rogers Arena, and I've talked about, hey, it, it doesn't sound like there's a lot of communication on the ice. It doesn't look like there's a lot of communication on the ice either by your Vancouver Canucks. Interesting note from Rick Tockett today in his media availability talking about how those players talk. So here's Rick Tockett uh, talking about the communication he's seen from some of the players this season. Well, I think where, where to go on the ice helps, but obviously talking is a big part of our, for me, and um, we're getting better. I don't think we're there yet, but we still have to, when the pressure hits, to talk. But when you're talking, you got to know where you're going. Like, you got to call the reads. If you don't know the reads, then you're not going to talk. So I think maybe last year, new system and stuff, so they, some guys didn't know, oh, sh- should I say this or not? Now they know, you know, it's a strong side or, you know, or if it's a pocket play, they kind of, they'll yell, they'll yell it now because they know the system and they know where to go. So all fairness to them, they didn't, you know, it's a new system, so it's hard to make a call when you don't know, you know where to go. Simple stuff, but something that they're getting right. Something that they needed to get right, and to hear Rick talking kind of point that out today, you, you, you watch a game, you see arms pointing, you see guys motioning with their stick, you see a lot more active communication by the Vancouver Canucks, something that was necessary, and 
you know, Rick Taki keeps mentioning like the, the the leadership group. It's not just you know the, the the handful of four or five leaders. It's it's everybody feeling empowered to activate themselves into what they're trying to pull off here. And I think on the weekend it was really noticeable. And then for him to mention it again today, I forget who asked the question, but it was a good question um, of how they are working together more on the ice. And I think you see it uh, for for all this you know question of like. Okay, when's the, the bottom going to drop out? And look, there will be a losing streak. They'll, 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 they won't be playing close to 800 hockey all the time. They'll finish around like 104, 105 points. But it's it's these sort of things that you look for that are they making progress? And, you know, whether it's Ian Cole's impact of, of what he brings communication-wise and, and just a handful of new players as well, it looks far more manageable to keep this type of effort alive because guys are talking guys are trying to help each other get into the right spot it is very noticeable and something that stood out to me uh in rick Tockett's press availability today which uh sets up a game against the edmonton oilers uh tonight what are you feeling get your text messages in the inbox we'll read a couple on the other side steve rabel will join us as well plus we have guests the lines uh coming up look ahead to week 10 see if we can uh, extract some value because big six hey four and one last week Felt good. Felt good. We, we, we need to check in on the value, see if we see anything uh, getting ready for week 10. So we'll do that on the other side, but your thoughts as well. On a big game tonight, 7 o'clock against the Oilers. Pre-game show starting much earlier, obviously, 6 o'clock here with Dan and Sat. They'll be up coming up at 4 o'clock on a Monday edition of Connect Central. But we'll set it all up, finish off the show here. Uh, more on the way with the People's Show.